0: Let see you for a few moments, take your attention to words in the Gospel according to John. The ninth chapter, the 23th verse. These words in verse 25. One thing I know, that where I, I was blind, now, I see. Without waiting to say anything, by way of introduction to these words, we might consider the sad state of this man. He was, according to the narrative, born blind. All this life he had lived in a dark, united world. He never saw the loveliness of the creation or of the universe. He never saw the sunrise or the sunset. He never saw the flow of the sea. He never saw the stars. He never saw the his mother's face. And because he was blind, behind him, of poverty and unability. An On the cold earth, they have been gay with that poor hand of his stretched forth toward his fellow men for some relief, some help. But he never obtained me a gift, any help that would raise him out of his misery, his impoverishment and an ability. You may be saying, this evening, well, I should be very thankful that I am not suffering from these physical disabilities and from that natural and polished. But my dear friend, I want to suggest to you, I want to tell you that the Word of God tells us that you and I, all men, are in a worse state spiritually than this man was because old blindness and dull and are spiritual we were born into the world spiritually blind you know that when man sinned when he lost communion with god when he left the light of god's face A night fell on his soul. Darkness came into his heart. The God of this world lighted his eyes. And the Bible tells us that we are born in sin and sin is spiritual darkness and heaven in We are born in the land of the shadow of death without a glimmer of light in our eyes and god tells us that not only are we in darkness but we are darkness ourselves that is what the apostle teaches in the epistle to the ecclesiastes when he wrote to those men who have been newly converted by the gospel of jesus christ ye were sometimes not in darkness but he was sometimes darkness but now are uh, he lies in the Lord walk as the children of light and because we are blind we are groping in the dark we are astray, and the enemy is leading us unconsciously perhaps towards the precipice of eternal destruction. The darkness is going to increase more and more until we reach, without the intervention of God, the place where there is nothing but eternal darkness and impoverishment. Now there is nothing in the world that can take that darkness away from our minds, from our souls but the hand of God you remember how it is written in the prophecy of Messiah on this mountain that is on the gospel mountain the hand of the Lord shall take away the veil of the covenant which is over the eyes of all men it does not matter how high you may you may attain to intellectually or even religiously. What your attainments may be intellectually or culturally or religiously, nothing can promote that blindness but the power of God's Spirit. And so this written by Christ in the Word. It is said by Christ in the Word. If the light which is said to be darkness, how great is that darkness? You remember the Apostle himself, and he gave us that in the Bible and in the lives of many men and women. He had intellectual attainments, culture, morality, religion, and intense. Religion, and yet he knew that when the power of God touched him that he had been blind of his life. And the greatest tragedy associated with his foundation of this is our utter unconsciousness of it we refuse to believe that we are blind because we see, we say we see, Oh darkness, forbade it. You remember the church had gone to Sia. The Lord looked upon her and she looked upon herself as absolutely perfect, as it were. She had need of nothing. And the Lord exposed the impoverishment and the blindness of her life. Thou knowest not that thou art poor and wretched and blind and in. Now this man was naturally blind. And with that blindness, as I said him, God, he couldn't see, and therefore he couldn't work. And therefore he had to lie down there on the ground in that primitive world in which we live in which he lived to receive any little pretens that might come his way. And the Bible teaches that Christian experience confirms that, that with holy blindness, there is a spiritual destitution. It does not matter how much we possess or earthly goods or riches, these have nothing to do with this impoverishment of soul. You remember the story of Solomon, for example. He was the richest man who ever lived, among the middle age, He wouldn't touch silver. He wouldn't condescend to handle it. He had palaces. He had servants. He had every kind of treasure. And comfort, which this world would afford And one day, as girl go and made a little son, he began to argue about that he had within the material of I know the answer he gave to that son: nothing. All that he had, he was nothing. He was even less than nothing. He was. Emptiness of emptiness. All is empty That is the meaning of that phrase. Vanity of vanity. All is vanity. All all is vanity. you get that in the book of Ecclesiastes. That is how we end that book. And then if you turn over the leaves, you come to the Song of Solomon. The same man and in a different subject speaking in a different dimension speaking of a different experience a different enjoyment and there instead of a lament he has a song the song of song which song, and he goes on to tell us why he so happy, why he so enjoying. Spiritual call and spiritual happiness. I sat under his shadow, not under the shadow of material wealth or riches, but under the shadow of the tree of life, mm. under the shadow of Christ, and his fruit was sweet to my taste. There he rested, there he found something that satisfied eternally his heart, his mind, and his conscience. You know that scholars speak about human personality as made up of the of the emotional, and the intellectual life. There is the emotional life, the volitional life, and the intellectual life. And those who know Christ, those who have' embraced, who have received Him into their heart, he touches every aspect of personality. We live in a new dimension old oh, intellectual like to life is satisfied old oh, or vision life that? that deep wishful thinking you know deep ourselves is satisfied and emotional life, you know how complicated our emotions are. Well, when you get sad, your emotional life, like the, like the other aspect of your nature, is unsaturated. You are happy, I, shadow on the shadow. Poverty gone, Sadness gone, blindness gone remember Moses in Egypt. The devil put everything on his face, riches, pleasures, and honors. You know that are sermon, they can't live without pleasure. There must be a round of dancing every week, or attending the cinema, or something of that kind, even something worse than that. They cannot live without pleasure. And there are others, and that sort of thing makes no appeal to them. They want money, riches. They want security, as they call it. And others again, they want to put themselves on the map. They want to have a name in the community, and, if possible, in the kingdom. Where well, Moses had all these things offered, he could be a king in Egypt. He could have all the for needs and all the and he said no. Out of hand, without any hesitation, not when he was a boy and thinking for an old man in his cottage, but at the very height of his power, when he could weigh the pros and cons of the situation, and he rejected out of hand all these things. Why? Because. His eyes were opened. He saw another kingdom. He saw another another king. He saw witches eternal and pleasures at God's right hand forevermore. Well, my dear young friend, I don't know whether you converted or not. But it doesn't matter what you receive. You may be thinking that if you receive a certain something that Well, you are going to be happy, but you remember what God said? Christ said to the woman of Samaria, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again, but whosoever drinketh of of the water that I shall give, it shall be in me, springing up unto life everlasting and I want to say this to you I believe in the doctrine of hell all Christians must do Christ preached it and if you don't believe in the doctrine of eternal punishment you don't believe in Christ you don't believe in what he says and hell is a state of darkness and a state of deprivation in hell people we because they are hungry there is a family hell. There. there is nothing there no water, no bread and nothing but darkness I know that God created this heart of mine and that heart of you for himself and it does not matter what you give the heart of man unless God comes into his heart he is a darkness he is in a state of destitution. Our hearts were made for thee, and they shall never rest to the rest in thee. No notice the miracle that Christ got in this man's life. He passed by and he opened his eyes. We don't know the background of this miracle. Perhaps this poor man heard of Jesus of Nazareth, perhaps somebody who had been blind toward him, that he himself had his eyes opened. And this man would be praying that one day he might enjoy a similar blessing. Now here you are in the island of Louis, and you have been among, perhaps you were brought up in a Christian home and among the people who tell you of the miracle of conversion, of spiritual enlightenment that has taken place in their life. You listen and you wonder. Well, my friend, you should be praying as they tell you of what Christ did for them, that He might pass by you And that you might be given the prayer, Lord, open mine eyes, that of thy law the wonders I may see. Now that is conversion. It is entering a new world. You know that man whenever Christ opened his eyes, he found himself in a new world. In order to he often painted in his Dumb and perfect imagination. What kind of world he lived in. What colors were like. But when he did receive the sight. Oh how different. It was a world. Beyond his comprehension. Something he had never dreamt of. And the spiritual world that we enter. When we are converted. When the power of God touches our life is a wonderful world you remember the story of the Queen of Sheba she was up there in her own country and she was drawing a picture of Solomon's glory and she dismissed the whole thing largely as a fairy tale she said it can't be, it's all nonsense there is no such a man, no such glory in this world and then she went and saw for herself and you remember what happened? She said, the half has not been told the half has never yet been told of love so great, so free and when we come into the world, the spiritual world of glory and grace we realize how dumb our perceptions were in the other, that we knew nothing about it and we cannot know anything about it unless we are born to it I want to tell you a little story of what happened to me one day in the city of Glasgow I sat down in the Botanic Gardens on a lovely summer day a man came and sat beside me I didn't know him but he saw that I had on this collar and because he knew I was a clergyman, he thought he would talk about religion and he put forward the idea that you get from men and women without grace that if you do your best and love your neighbor and live the good life well, you pave a way for yourself to heaven I asked him a few questions I said, do you see these flowers? and he said, yes And you see the sky, yes. You see those trees, yes. And do you know, I said, why you see Well, I suppose I see them just because I'm here. Well, I said, you see these things because you were born into this world of nature. If you hadn't been born into this world, you could see nothing. You would have no existence. You wouldn't be. And what do you mean by that? I mean this, that you can have no spiritual existence, no spiritual perception, no knowledge of God, of His kingdom, of His grace or of His glory, till you are born into it. That the soul must be born into the world of grace and the world of glory, before it can have any knowledge, just as the body was born into this world and you see these things formed above you in the physical world and that is how Christ said to Nicodemus Nicodemus wanted to know something about God's kingdom and he said to Christ we know that there was a teacher and Christ said to him you must be born again if you want to know anything about my kingdom you must be born into There can be no knowledge of my pattern, of my way, of my kingdom, of my world, until you are born into it. And my dear friend, if you are unconverted, you have no conception of what the kingdom of grace is, what we enjoy, those of us who live in this dimension of communion with God. I hath not seen, he hath not heard, neither hath it entered into the heart of man what God hath prepared for them who love him. You know that people who are outside the Christian religion, they judge it. They think they know something about it and they argue with those who are Christians. But you can never know the Christian life until you are inside, you can never know it outside, we know your world, we lived in it, you who are converted, we know your world, we were dancing, we lived as you live. we were doing all these things, but you don't know our world, and you shall never know it until you enter it, and that is how we end he must be born again and it is when we are born into this world that we begin to see and the first thing we see is the loveliness of christ himself thine eyes shall see the king's beauty and the land of our distance the first one that this man saw when his eyes were opened was Christ. And when we are converted, when we are given spiritual illumination, the first one we see is Christ, the Son of Righteousness arising upon our souls with healing in His wings. I think that is the proof of our conversion, that we see and not the loveliness in Christ. What do you read the Bible, you know? The Bible is embarrassed, nature is embarrassed in trying to find something that can describe Christ. He is the bright and morning star, the rose of shame, the lily of the vice, the pearl of great pride, Everything that is known but naked is brought into the scribe and yet we know that all these figures are defective for he is all done lovely and if your eyes are open you have seen the loveliness of Christ and no one ever saw Christ but loved him. You know, there are some who far enough at first sight. They can't tell how it happens, but it it is something distinctive. And everybody in the kingdom of heaven, all the people of God, love Christ at first sight. The moment we see as he really is, in the measure in which we can see him here, in that moment, are involved my beloved is mine and I and His, and we see the wonder of this work. how free is the Bible when we are in a state of nature but how marvelous is this mirror when we are brought into the kingdom when our eyes are opened we see the wonders of his law. You remember what the two were with him on the way to Emmaus? He opened their understanding and he showed them himself in the word in his sufferings, in his glory. And they said that not our hearts burn within us but he walked with us in the way and opened it to us. The Scripture, and we see more than that. We see heaven. Do you mean to say that you can see heaven while you are still on earth? Well, you can. Heaven comes into your heart, just as Christ comes into your heart. Heaven comes into your heart. Heaven is this: of fellowship with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ we endure as seeing him who is a disciple whom having no seen we love and now though he see him not yet believe he rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory and not only do we see but we enjoy as i said if you turn to the song of solomon you will find the church of christ there described as having milk and honey under her tongue she was still in the wilderness and she she possessed in the wilderness on the way to heaven the food of heaven and if you and i are god's children we have a taste of the very things that we are going to enjoy in heaven here all taste and see that God is good. That wonderful thing comes into your heart. <coughs> Christ within you. The hope of glory. Now see the absolute certainty of this man. How certain he was that this thing had happened to him. There's no divide, there's no perhaps. It is a hundred percent said one thing I know a personal testimony that whereas I was blind now I see I remember during my Glasgow ministry there was a man there from Louis he had lived a, a shortened life throughout many years and was converted And he used to preach on the streets to the self-sinners. And one evening a man turned and he said, How do you know that you are converted? And the answer he gave was, I happened to be there when it happened. I was there when it happened. And you may remember the earth, the moment, the wonderful hour when this blissful thing, this great experience to <coughs> place in your heart and no one can introduce a doubt into your mind but that you are enlightened from above and in possession of eternal life. You know there are some when they speak about converting of imagination. They just imagine that these things happen. They call it an emotional crisis or a, something of that kind. But if you read books by men like C.S. Lewis and William James, great scholar, perhaps the greatest scholar in the modern world, they tell you this, that the Christian graces in the heart of man are nearer ultimate reality than any other thing. That is, the love of Christ in the heart, the joy of the Lord, the peace of the blood of Christ, the hope of eternal life. These are aspects of reality, deeper, more solid, than anything belonging to this world of nature. We know and are sure that this is the true God and this is eternal life. Though so this was a miracle that everybody could see. He was there standing. A few hours ago he lay down in the gutter with his empty hands stretched towards his fellow men. And now he was in a new world. Men could see. And my dear young friend, see that your friends in the hospital, your colleagues in the profession, the patients, and those in the community in which you live, that they see a difference in your life. That they see the beauty and the power of the Lord resting on your life. I know that this is different in the lives of some to the lives of others. Some whose background has been shortened and this refuge There are others who live a tame or a life and which fear for change is not so obvious. But the change is there. Yes. The beauty of the law resting on our words, our conversation, our context. Well there it is one thing I know. I as whereas I was blind. now I see. Well you say I can convert myself. That is what you are saying. You remember the story of Spurge? It was one night in church and on the conviction of sin. He taught us something it must happen before he would deconverge. That he would have to pass through a whole series of experiences. And he listened to this man. And this man said to him, Young man, look to Christ. As Spurgeon saw at once the way of salvation. Look unto me and be ye saved. For I am God, and besides me, there is none else. I want to use an illustration. You know that if you go outside, climb a little hill in the early morning, and look at the sunrise. Look at it, Look at the sunrise. The image of the sun will come into your eye. The light of the sun will come into your eye. And the light of the sun will come into your eye. And you know that that sun that is in your eye is as real as the big sun that is rising over there in the Atlantic. The same sun. And although there is only one Christ, there is a little Christ all in the souls of everyone who looked out. Christ in you. The hope of glory and if you were to look to Jesus tonight give it to yourself look it by faith, simply by faith embracing him as your personal savior that lovely thing would come into your heart and little Christ would come into your heart with the joy of the Lord there was a minister in the congregation I belonged to the old days, and one evening he called at a mass. There was a, little, a girl there, a servant, and he told her to pray. <coughs> and this is the prayer he left with her. Lord, show me myself. Show me that I am blind, that I am destitute. And the next time he called, he found her, in distress always oh, said I am blind I am poor and he gave her another prayer Lord show me thyself and she began to pray and the next time he saw her she had Christ in her heart and his life in her soul Oh well my dear friends, I don't know how many of you have come to Christ just as you are. Don't try to make an impression on him. You cannot do it. I came to Jesus as I was, weary and worn and sad. I found him in him a resting place, and he had made me glad you know Mary Magdalene came to it, with seven devils and many weaknesses and that is all he had and that is all he wants Mary have chosen the good part that shall never be taken from us and may God help you this evening to look to Christ the Son of Righteousness that that blissful thing may come into your heart and that you may be able to say I love the Lord I know whom I have believed and I am persuaded that He is able to keep that which I have committed unto Him Well, I would be very happy leave this tomorrow if I know that someone who has not tasted that the Lord describes has been led to look and to learn. There is love for a look in the crucified one. So I wish to thank Betron for asking me to very glad to come along and say these few words to you. And I wish like to thank yourselves for listening to me so patiently. May the Lord bless us all. Let us pray. <clears throat> Lord grant thy blessing upon thine own word. Be with us and bless us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Oh bless thy word to. These precious souls who have turned to listen. We remember how thou didst see to the one at the well of Samaria. If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is who saith unto thee, give me to drink, thou wouldst have asked of him, and he would have given me a living water. Here is for Jesus' sake. Amen. One hundred and forty six. The she outs <coughs> are for the cat to run. the for more, come here, cause to clean. The spirit of doctor, the priest, and he was have horsehood, succumb a the come This I did have a